One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. And welcome to another edition of the Work-Life Balance. We're so excited to have you guys along with us on this Friday afternoon. It's actually going to be uh, a show that I've been looking forward to for quite some time. I'm excited uh, to, to bring our guest on. Uh, normal stuff, you know, that, that, that's been going on. It's been busy. I've been in Georgia. Uh, I got an event that I'm speaking at tomorrow. Uh, I'm in Spokane, Washington coming up. Uh, and then, of course, the Mickey Mouse Club reunion, which which my guest has, has graciously volunteered to, to be with us on. And we, we couldn't be more excited about, about this event. There's still tickets available. You can go to MickeyMouseClubReunion.com. And, uh, and come join us. Joey Fatone's going to be hosting. We've got, I think, 24 or 23 of the, the Mouseketeers with us. There's Parade on Friday now at, with, with Disney. I mean, there's so much stuff that's going on. Uh, go find all this stuff out at uh, MickeyMouseClubReunion.com. But I want to jump right into the show uh, and bring on our guest. This lovely young lady is the co-owner and president of a boutique residential electronics automation firm. Uh, the Home Theater Design Group, which was established in 1997. So she's been running a small business for quite some time. Uh, they work both locally and internationally today. In June 2006, she began a journey of coaching with the Dave Ramsey's Entree Leadership Master Series, and a year later became a certified master trainer for Financial Peace Seminars. As her children grew up, she realized that coaching and teaching has become a huge passion for her. So she took the next step and became a founding member of the, the, the great and wonderful John Maxwell team, which we talk about so much on the show. Today, she divides her time between running the business and coaching small businesses and individuals in the area. She also participates in several boards and charities, and there may even be some new nonprofit foundation that we may or may not talk about on today's show. She lives in Allen, Texas, and we're going to bring her on right now. It is Miss Cherie Griffin. How are you, Cherie? Hey, Rick. I'm so excited to be with you this afternoon. I have been looking forward to this um, and this time together just to hang out with you and get to chat. Absolutely. So uh, we we just did your bio, but introduce you know, yourself to the audience a little bit. Tell them about some of your passions. Well, you know, I noticed that you left off one thing that I did provide in my bio, and that was the, the way I like to spend my free time. And so um, our family is big travelers. We love to go out and experience new things. Um, but we're also big Texas A&M sports fans. And so one of our other favorite pastimes is to host Aggie watch parties. Um, was that I am, on the bio? I didn't, <laughs> I didn't see that on the bio. For it some was. Reason. It was right there at the bottom. <laughs> and so, um, you know, but it, it's it's fun because your show talks about the work-life balance. And um, in my world, my husband and I got married um, 13 months after we started our business together. And so we've never not had work without life um, as far as, you know, the way that the business and the personal life tend to trend. And so, uh, you know, we've gone through times in our lives where our kids at the dinner table are like, would y'all just shut up about work? <laughs> and so <laughs> I can honestly tell you, we're, we're not necessarily the poster children of making it work right. But after 22 years of being in business and 21 years of being married to each other, um, nobody's dead yet. So, and the kids are raised and uh, we're really kind of shifting gears into the next thing um, with Home Theater Design Group. Uh, through my own personal passions, I am super passionate about pouring into 
the next the next generation of youth. I just spent eight months working with a select group of interns at a large church here in the area, and I was their leadership coach. And so what that meant was I showed up every Wednesday for an hour and a half, and we got to hang out and we played games and we did disc assessments and we just made it fun. Um, and I just, I just finished that. I say it was like spending an hour and a half a week with a bunch of puppies and not having to feed them or clean up after them. And so it was, <laughs> it was really my sweet spot, but you know, I'm really fascinated in pouring into the next generation of our country. Um, we have some fabulous people out there that just don't have the school, the skills. And if there's something that I can do to fill that gap and teach them those skills, I'm excited to be able to step up and do that. Well, we actually met through mutual passions, right? I mean, we finally got a chance to meet each other at a John Maxwell team event when I was hosting a a boxing watch party that that I had to see. I had to see the Mayweather-McGregor fight. I just had to see it. Uh, and, and you wandered in the room as, as a guest of someone else and, and we became instant family and, and has, I don't think we've not talked every week since. So it's just the, the way it is. <laughs> at but, least once uh, a week. Yeah, at least once a week. But um, we share the same passion, though, uh, about youth. And, and, you know, I think we're at a crisis point um, for our youth because we, we aren't teaching values. And, and it, it seems like anything that starts to get into values based leadership and values based teaching people are afraid to kind of step into that. And and so talk to us about what you were doing with that program and some of the things that you're starting to see as a result. Well, you know, the program, um, I was approached uh, at the beginning of this last school year to, um, they were like, oh, hey, that lady, Sheree, and they had actually run the program for a year before and they had started with 14. Um, They ended with four. And I was like, that attrition rate just isn't acceptable. And while these particular young people were mostly ages 19, 20, maybe one that was 21 years old, um, and life happens during that time, you know, they either change schools or, you know, families move or they move. Um, And so there's opportunity for attrition. And I saw that, but I took it on as my personal mission to make sure that we didn't have that for that same type of loss again. Um, And so one of the very first things I did was we're setting up an application process just because you fog a mirror does not make you ready to rock and roll in this program. And so uh, we had an application process. We had some second year guys that returned um, from last year's program. And then we added to that. And so uh, we started and I will say that we only lost one along the way. Um, and that was really due to a life circumstance. And so we were able to keep everybody. Um, and what I really wanted to do was go through with them. Um, first and foremost was their awareness, how they worked, how they perceived themselves, who they were. Um, we used the disc personality profiles for that, but I even took that and spread it over some time. Uh, we did the disc personality profile for them to perceive themselves, how they were going to work within their small team and what they were projecting out. So whether they were dealing with senior staff at the church or people out in the community, um, whatever that looked at, interacting with their peers. So we really took that from a me to a we to a them type of focus. And then we moved into uh, just some good leadership content. And some of it was just simple, you know, like we had them do some public speaking and I had them stand up and speak and speak in front of a camera so that they could learn those skills. Um, one of the one of the best compliments I got in the whole program was there was a young lady that uh, she she was a little rough around the edges at the beginning. And it was so funny because she came up to me on the last day and she gave me a big hug and she's not a hugger. And she said, I wasn't sure about you, but you legit. (laughs) And she gave me a hug. And 
it just tells me um, how much our youth, they're looking for what's next. They want permission to flourish and they want permission to pursue their dreams. And, you know, when I was, when I was a kid, it was like, do you want to be, you can be anything you want to be. Do you want to be a teacher, a nurse, a mom, you know, your, your girl, you know? And you've really come up through that whole male dominated, right? You're running a company and you're teaching leadership, which, you know, quite frankly for us, you know, women in that leadership role is it's growing like crazy, but they still don't really know how to progress. So talk about some of those personal struggles and and how you got through those. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because I, I am, I run, I run a business in a male dominated industry. And so for a long time I would go to trade shows and there would be this line out the door to the men's room. And I would just walk into the ladies room, do what I had to do and walk right back past the line and like, Hey guys. Um, and at the same time, you know, I, I definitely overcame, you know, the, she's just there as the token kind of perception. And they had to figure out that I was darn serious. Um, my husband used to, to tell vendors, you know, you want to be nice to me because if she's got a call back, you're going to deal with the wrath of Cherie. And it really wasn't anger as much as it was just, you know, what's right and what's wrong. Um, and so I love, I love that, um, working with these youth that we are encouraging them to be whatever they want to be, fulfill their dreams. And so I just was at the Entree Leadership Summit. I got home, uh, yesterday morning from that and Carly Laurence was speaking and here was a woman and she said, you know, I dared to show up different because I was a woman in the military. And I kind of felt that same way. You know, I dared to show up different. I was a woman in a very male dominated industry and you have to show up, you have to work harder and you, cause they'll use anything. Oh, well, you know, your test scores were a little bit down or whatever, you know, and you got to show up and you got to be prepared. And so, you know, it's, it's not for wusses, that's for sure, but it certainly can be done. And I think we're seeing that more and more with women in, 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 not just consumer technology, but in the world today that women are stepping out of the shadows and stepping into the limelight and saying, you know, I'm capable of doing this. I don't have to be the little woman that stands behind someone. And we actually kind of had a funny story at at the last IMC experience, but uh, we, but, but meeting and and getting to talk with Carly Fiorina, who, who (laughs) absolutely went from secretary to you know, one of the first female executives of, of not only a fortune 50, but certainly a technology firm. Uh, in how she led HP. And she ran for president. Of course. Of I course. mean, my goodness. And so, you know, I mean, but here was someone whose parents told her what she was going to do. Oh, well, you're going to go to law school. And I think sometimes that at, at a certain age, whether you're male or female, you know, our parents tell us what we, what they want us to do. And it really comes around to who do we want to be and how are we true to ourselves? You know, I've met through coaching and things like that, people that say, I'm a doctor, but you know, my dad was a doctor and my mom was a doctor. And so they expected me to become a doctor and I'm a doctor, but I hate it. And that's a, that's a miserable way to live. That is a a miserable way to live. My, my career choice, you know, my father wanted me to be a project manager in, in a technology firm and, you know, lo and behold, that's what I do. But boy, did I fight that for years. I was in entertainment and I was in restaurant and, and, and naturally progressed to that point. But, uh, I, I was always thankful my parents let me just go and, and figure out what it was that I was going to do to, to end up here and, and yeah. to, to lead us down this path. Well, you know, one of the things that uh, 
I love is my mom and dad, even though I was in my thirties, Brad and I were married. I was, I mean, I lived in a totally different state than my parents, um, with this home theater and home automation company that I we currently own and have for 22 years. My parents didn't understand what we did. And so I, I remember my mom coming over one time and they were visiting and she says, I just tell all of my friends that you help with people with their direct TV. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, you could say that, you know, for sure. But there's, there's just a whole lot more to that um, than that. And even, even today it's, it's fun sometimes because uh, I'll answer the phone when um you know, a customer calls in and, you know, oh, well, I need to speak to one of the guys about my uh, audio system, my two channel audio system. And, you know, the first question I ask is, well, what are you running? And about the time that they think that they're going to talk to one of the guys, I educate them very quickly <laughs> on how I can help them. And then you get the, wow, you know, but they'll even now when I, when I answer the phone, they'll talk to me like I'm just a receptionist or the secretary or something, and they need to talk to somebody with some knowledge. And I'm like, well, I own the company. Can I help you? <laughs> you know, what do you, what do you think of this question? Is, so I, I talk to my kids about this all the time, certainly in technology, but I've watched technology pass generations, right? My father wrote green bar AS 400 mainframe, but couldn't program a VCR. My, right. my father-in-law ran trains, you know, in, in, time trains and had a whole system, but, but the, the iPhone just confounds him. What do you think the piece of technology is that's going to pass us by? Oh, that's a really good question. That is a really good question. And I, I oh, I got to think about that for a minute. <laughs> I got and, you. And it, and, well, and, yeah, but you know what? It's even interesting because um, I was recently at an event with a guy named Jason Dorsey, who uh, I'm hoping that we can maybe do some more things with here in the future. But uh, Jason does nothing but talk about uh, generations and how different things affect him. In this particular case, he was talking about technology and he was talking about how that we as Gen X have really come on board and embraced technology. But he said that the most interesting misconception of millennials is, is that they're not tech savvy. They're tech dependent. Ooh. And there's a huge difference. And so living on what I live on, I'm always kind of looking around the corner. Um, and it's fun now to look back at some of the old, um, you know, like type movies where, you know, there was all this technology and I'm like, oh yeah, we do that now. You know, <laughs> so Especially some the of the old Ar Arnold Schwarzenegger mover, yeah. movies and stuff. Yeah, I'm really dating myself here, but, um, you know, so I'm not, I'm not sure what's going to be next or what that what will lap us but i think that um you know tech technology is just moving so quickly that everybody feels a little bit like they have the tiger by the tail yeah i'm, I'm fascinated and i i get myself caught up in in those thoughts and in um i know it's going to happen and i'm like looking forward to the day that i recognize that technology has passed me by like the, okay that's the device that's the thing that got me right because i mean it, it's amazing that i'm i'm I just bought a new printer and didn't have to touch my computer or the printer did everything through a phone, which was crazy. Right. So, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's amazing how fast uh, things are moving in that direction. Well, I'll tell you, I don't know what's going to get us, but I'll tell you this. I'll let you know when it's here. Cause I haven't, I haven't seen it coming yet, but we'll see. Absolutely. Absolutely. So talk to us a little bit about, uh, Oh, actually one of your new friends that you just met, uh, in Nashville. Who is that? Who is that that you met in Nashville? Oh gosh, I don't know. 
Oh, Rachel Hollis. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> Cause Jason was at the event that I saw Rachel at. Absolutely. So, um, I had the really nice fortune to meet Rachel Hollis. Um, actually, I was with you at an event, a John Maxwell event. That, uh, he was pre-filming some uh, leadership content, which we were fortunate enough to be in the room with. And a few months later, I was in Nashville. I was there for a different event. And um, I had gone shopping. I had gone to a place. And my husband and I were out. And I said, kind of hungry for lunch. And we walked around the corner to this place. And out the door walks Dave and Rachel Hollis. Um, and so I just... I became an idiot. I'm pretty sure I just couldn't speak and I was a little starstruck, but, uh, we hung out with them for a few minutes and, uh, it was a little cold. So I would have loved to have hung out a lot longer, but she and her hubbies were just out. They were finishing lunch and going to shop at the same, same store that I had just left. And so, uh, we got to hang out briefly. Rachel is now, um, living here in Texas. They're a little uh, south of us in Dripping Springs, but, um, what a, what a super neat lady and what a wonderful story. Just, you know, the girl literally has built, I think we're borderlining on empire and definitely following at this point with, you know, a Google education, you know, she, yeah. if she couldn't Google it or, or find it on YouTube, you know, and she's got a high school education, which just means there's more and more opportunity for those of us who don't necessarily have a specialty to be able to take, take on something that maybe we don't totally understand, but there's someone out there that does. Oh yeah, and her quote, her quote to me was uh, that that got me is that in this day and age of the internet, ignorance is a choice. Ignorance so, is a choice. Yeah, we're gonna take a uh, quick break right here. We're gonna let us uh, pay some bills, and we'll be right back with the great Cherie Griffin here on the Work Life Bounce. You're listening to Rick Morris. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back to the Work-Life Balance. On this Friday afternoon, we were listening to the great music from the group called The Party, which, Cherie, we get to hang out with them uh, in just a week or so. so oh, that's going to be so cool. Yeah, we're going to have we're gonna have good. Didi's going to be there. Chase is going to be there. And, of course, my main man, Damon Pampolino, is going to be there. So uh, 
Uh, you always know when Damon and I are together because the police generally show up to shut things down. So now I'm just teasing. Um, but that's uh, encouraging, <laughs> Rick. That's really encouraging. Thank you. Wow. Damon's the only person, only friend of mine that's gotten us thrown out of a uh, restaurant that we closed down. So that's a story for another day. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to say that's all Damon's fault, I'm sure. <laughs> it pretty much was. But uh, coming back to this, you know, we were talking about Rachel Hollis and, and, you know, we work with a lot of entrepreneurs. We work with a lot of people that seek our guidance and advice. And, and you know, your company is, is older than mine, but we've both been in, in a small business for, for several years and, and crossed that barrier. That 10-year barrier is the, is the most difficult to cross. Um, but you know, one of the biggest questions I get all the time is, you know, well, I got to wait until it's perfect before I can take that next step. Or how did you jump into business? And I kind of look at them like I, I opened, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know it was a necessity. Um, but, but you know, Rick, it's really funny because, um, I think we went into business and we didn't know what we didn't know. Um, I had always been a, I wanted to live. I wanted to experience life. And um, Brad, my husband, came home from work one day and had been downsized from a Fortune 100 company. He had always played with this AV stuff, but he'd been downsized from this Fortune 100 company. And so I literally said to him, he's like, well, I guess I update the resume and put on the suit. You know, he sounded like Eeyore. And I said, what would just, I mean, what would pump you up? What would Jack? you up to get up in the morning and go to work. And it is not work. It is just fun. And he goes, I'd love to give this AV thing a try. So he goes out into the world and he gets this job and he works for this company for three months, 90 days. And at the end of the 90 days, the guy comes to my husband and he says, well, you didn't make me any of the money you promised me. So we're going to go ahead and let you go. And so here, my poor husband has been not let go once, but twice the man who's never been without a job in 90 days. Well, the funny thing was, is every time Brad put forward an idea in a meeting, the people shot it down. So Brad came in one Saturday afternoon and said, well, now I guess I get the resume and go back into the workforce. And I said, you know what? Screw them. Let's let's take your ideas and let's see what you can do. And so it was a great idea. And we, yeah, and we high-fived and it just so happened the next day uh, we were going to Six Flags. And do y'all know those sky coasters, those giant things they oh, yeah. tow you way up in the air? Um, we decided to ride that. And so they wrapped us up like burritos and they hauled us up into the air. And it was literally almost a physical manifestation of what we were getting ready to embark on. And um, I made him put the, the pole on his side. But, you know, they, they put us in there. We were all wrapped up as burritos, just the two of us. And he pulled that thing and it was a free fall. And we actually have a video on VHS cassette of us going by and you can hear me screaming, screaming, screaming all the way through. And then there's nothing because I was catching my breath. And as soon as I could catch that breath, I coming back the other way, you hear me screaming again. And that's, that's truly, truly the life of an entrepreneur. And so, um, we filed for the business license on that Monday and we were in business and, we had no no idea the journey that that was going to lead us on. Um, I will tell you that you know we thought we would do some really cool little neat things, but it has taken us internationally. Um, we had a Dallas businessman about ten years ago call and say, "Do you install this certain kind of uh, control system?" And we said, "No." And he said, "Well, great. I want to talk to you because apparently he wasn't a fan." Um, so he brought us over plans to his 12,000 square foot house on the beach in Cabo. And, um, we looked at him and said, this is what we can do for you. And he liked what he saw. So he said, would y'all like to come see the house? And 
had no idea. We went to see the house. At one point we were driving across the desert and I looked to Brad and I said, well, if they kill us, nobody's ever going to find the bodies out here, <laughs> truthfully. Um, but, you know, we we went out and we saw the house and he told two friends and he told two friends. And we have a satellite office in Cabo San Lucas now that we take care of clients down there um, often. Brad's down there more than I am. But, um, you know, it's it's saying yes. And I think that that's entrepreneurship. You know, you've got to say yes to the next thing. And we had no idea how we were going to ship equipment down there when we said yes, but we sure have figured it out. Um, right now we have jobs going in New York city in one of the Trump towers, um, a private Island out in Seattle, Washington. We've got several in Beverly Hills, Palm Springs, and all of that started with, that was our first, yes, that was our first time to go outside of the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex. And it's allowed us to grow that business and travel for and with our clients and just develop that relationship. So entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart, but man, if you, if you're an adrenaline junkie, it's definitely the way to go. So I, I tend to share, you know, tips and tricks with, with the audience, uh, just what I've learned through small business, some of my negotiation tactics, some of the, how I collect, you know, that kind of stuff. What, what's a couple of your go-to kind of tips for a small business entrepreneur? Well, you know, one thing I think that, um, entrepreneurs do is they really undervalue themselves. Yeah. You know, oh, well, you know, I love to do it. So, you know, I'll help you out, my friend, and things like that. And you really undervalue yourself. And so um, sometimes when we have, and we're at the point now where, you know, if we have a client that's worried about his budget, he's probably not my client because, you know, my job costing and my value is not set by your budget. Right. You know, mm-hmm. um, not to say that we don't do smaller jobs or, you know, charity work sometimes and things like that. But I think one of the biggest things is entrepreneurs really undervalue what they do because a lot of times they're passionate about what they do. And so they would do it for free. And, you know, but I, I have a, I have a nice house in the Dallas area. I have four kids that are well-fed. I have two grandkids and, you know, a couple of our kids have gone to college and, you know, that's all because we stepped up and we said, yes, it's how we feed our family. It's how we fund our retirement funds. Um, and it's important that, and we feed other people's families, you know, sometimes I look around at the number of children that are involved in my organization and, you know, they take that Bible verse, you know, go forth and multiply very seriously. (laughs) Um, and at the end of the day, you know, I sleep well at night because I know, I know that we're taken care of. Um, one of the things that, uh, has always been a challenge for a lot of entrepreneurs that I've talked to is, uh, a lot of people are afraid to ask for money. And so, uh, I, I always tell people, cause we're in the AV business. I'm like, you don't walk into Best Buy and put a TV in your back seat and take it home without paying for it. So I'm not home theater design group savings and loans. So we collect deposits up front for the equipment. And then we make sure that we do a great job for the clients so that that labor part, that installation part isn't due until the client's happy. Um, and you know, that's bit us, but at the same time, you know, we're not, the way that we set up our, our, our business to run, um, the business takes care of itself. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're going to take another quick break right here, and we'll be back with more of Sharique Griffin. You're listening to Rick Morris, The Work-Life Balance. Are you? 
Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back to the Work-Life Balance for this Friday afternoon. We're talking to my dear friend, Cherie Griffin, member of the John Maxwell team. In fact, you know, we did Costa Rica together. We did. Um, and, you know, we've been seeing some really, really solid change, certainly Paraguay, Costa Rica, Guatemala. Um, and, and I know what's on our hearts is, is how do we bring that level of change and, and great change, you know, to our own communities and, and what we want to see here, you know, happen in the United States. So talk to us a little bit about that, about what we're doing for youth, what we need to be doing to prepare them for the next generation. Well, you know, it's interesting, Rick. Um, you and I have had the opportunity to have a couple conversations with some of our other friends. And I think one of the things that's so desperately missing today is, um, you know, there's 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 so much in just culture and society that isn't giving youth the right messages. And so, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of tennis shoes you wear. It matters who you are as a person. And so I love that whenever I have the opportunity to sit down and really talk with people about where they're at and where they're going, whether it's dreaming a dream. um, and, And so mentoring, I guess, is the best way to say that, you know, who who they're listening to matters. And uh, this really hit home for me in Paraguay. Uh, I had gone down to, on the very first Paraguay trip with the John Maxwell team, and I had an opportunity after the event was over to go out into the shanty towns with a missionary. And on the way out there, he was filling me in and he was saying, you know, there are these women and they're involved in this microloan program program for them to build their own businesses. Would you please talk to them? So as we were driving along, he was telling me more about these ladies. And, you know, he said most of them on their application under marital status, they listed their marital status as concubine, which was a pretty common thing down there, which just absolutely took my heart and squeezed it so tight because I was like, and so I, I literally went in and I talked to these women and I talked about how valuable they were. And I talked to them about how much hope and how much 
opportunity they were going to have to do good as a result of learning to build their own businesses, but just how treasured and cherished they were. And there were a couple that came up to me with just tears because nobody had ever told them that before. Um, and so I, I looked at that and I thought, you know, who you listen to matters. And there's so much in this day and age where whether it's our young people on their devices, social media, the television, you know, all of those things. And I think it just, they're getting the wrong messages. And if they're not hearing it at home, if parents are busy or divorced or dealing with their own afflictions or addictions, that the youth today isn't really hearing um, how treasured they are, how valuable are, and how important they are. You know, I, I often say, you know, everybody is here for a purpose. God didn't make junk. And when he came down here, I mean, somebody needs to hear what you have to say. Um, and so whether you're the person that's supposed to discover the cure for cancer, be the next president of the United States, or just a great mom to the next generation. And I don't mean just like that's not the right thing. I mean, just like that's equal. Um, but just a great mom to the next generation. But these kids are not hearing these. And so I think that it's important for those of us that do have this passion to step up and really share this information, to mentor, to teach these kids these values, and to really teach them where they are grounded and where they come from. And, you know, it's not just, and when we talk about values, it's things like forgiveness. It's things like <laughs> listening. It's things like attitude and choosing your attitude, right? We're not talking about, but, but these are, these are very small things that lead to the great change that helps them become the great person that they were destined to be. Well, you know, you talked about attitude, Rick, and how great can a person be if their attitude constantly stinks because what they're telling themselves constantly stinks, you know, you're not good enough. You're this, you're that. I mean, if that's what they're telling them themselves, what's coming out about the Bible says, you know, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so, you know, if that's what they're telling themselves all of the time, we've got to rewrite this with them in order for their attitude to be able to change. And so it's those choices. It's what they're telling themselves that we really want to focus in on. It, it's funny. Um, we, we talk about connection points. And uh, so I just did a, a high school and we, I taught them DISC, right? We did DISC with, with 85 entrepreneurs at, at, at a high school here recently. And um, it wasn't connecting until they realized who I knew and what car I drove. And at that point, it was all of a sudden we had excitement. There was connection there. And I was able to leverage that and said, yeah, but who I know is through relationships and I drive that car through hard work and, and determination, right? Mm -hmm. um, but it, it was interesting because what they're fed is Twitter and Twitch and YouTube. And Ricky Gervais has the greatest quote about Twitter. It says it's like reading every bathroom wall in, in the world, right? And have <laughs> I hadn't heard that, but that's awesome. Uh, that's fantastic. <laughs> but it, but everybody thinks they have this opinion, and this opinion should be shared, and it's so negative. And, and the negative gets promoted so much more than the positive. So how do we break that cycle? How are you doing that with, with the youth that you're working with? Well, I'm really, I really just, I, again, you know, it goes back to who they are. You know, I think about the lady that came up to me that was crying in Paraguay because nobody had ever told her she was valuable. Her parents were divorced. She was out on the street as a very, at a very young age. And, and basically she was just always told her whole life that she was throwaway, that she was useless. And that just, I, like I said, that just crushed my heart because I think that there's so much value in every human being. And I think, you know, with schools and bullying and some of those types of things, it's so easy to accept what other people say about you instead of saying, nah, -uh. 
And, you know, I did it, you know, when I was in high school, you know, I had people tell me and I was like, okay, you know, and, and, and through learning through a progression, you know, I didn't start where I am now, you know, people were comparing, you know, kids compare their every day to somebody else's highlight reel that they see on social media. Um, you know, and I think every age does that. There's actually a, a ICD-10 code right now, which is a medical coding code for people that suffer from depression as a result of their comparison on social media. That's crazy. That's a medical code. So, you know, I think I think that who who we're listening to matters. And so if we can be out and we can, I mean, it takes 17 positives to offset one negative. Yeah. 17, you know. And when you're negative to yourself and beating yourself up, that's a lot of positive. You can't outrun it. Direction, yeah. And you know, I and and I think that the other thing is that life is so. This is very profound and very philosophical, but you know, life is so fleeting, and we think that things are going to be there forever. And I heard a story just yesterday of some parents, and apparently their son was notorious for slamming the door, slamming the door, slamming the door, slamming the door, Um, and he died of cancer. Mm. And these parents said, now sometimes we just stand and for 10 minutes straight, we just slam that door. We just want to hear that sound again. Um, and so not only is it the kids that I'm, I'm looking to work with, but parents, what are we doing? You know, you're so obnoxious. You're always in the way, get out of the way, go sit down, shut up. And what's interesting about that, you know, as as entrepreneurs, as people that speak on personal development, as people that speak, you know, on stage, um, every, you know, especially when I'm working with kids, kids, they think that we never have an off day. They think right. that right, and or that we never get depressed in our own right, or we right, and we know all the tools, but life still happens. You still get into that direction, um, and so we're human. We're still human. But I think that's the most important thing for them to see right. is that we are. Yeah, absolutely. And I think and just, that that's what social media clouds, right? It does. And and just the ability to forgive, whether it's forgiving yourself because you didn't have a great day. Now, I don't mean brush off, you mm-hmm. know, I was a jerk and, oh, well, I was just having an off day. I think that there needs to be some accountability there. But I also think that we need to, if we can't forgive ourselves, how can we offer someone else something we don't have? If we can't love you. ourselves, how can we offer someone else something we don't have? Mm-hmm. And those are just the basics. Yeah, if you can't give what you don't have. Exactly. So what's the message then for for youth beyond got the value piece, right? Right. What can we be doing as not just for youth, but identifying the people that, that really need to come and, and start this journey? I think one of the most important things is they just need to start. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's so many people that spend so much time. Oh, well, we'll get to that as soon as we, whatever. And you look up and it's been a year, two years. Um, Parents, you know, how are you parenting kids? You know, what's your next step? You know, intentionality. I think that that's so important. You know, um, I was on the phone with uh, one of my coaches this morning and I've had a rough week. It's been a rough couple of weeks. And, you know, and I said, gosh, I'm just tired. And he said, then get up earlier. <laughs> and I was like, what? And he's like, if, if you're tired and you're scattered, get up earlier and, you know, do what you do, whether it's meditate, read, pray, whatever it is, do it more. 
in the more time that you self-center and you're able to be intentional about what you're doing the rest of the day, the less scattered you're going to feel, even when these crazy things come in. So it's all about intentionality. And I agree. And I, I, you know, the other thing is, is you just said something very, very profound, but that you have a coach. And so I when do. we talk about coaching and that kind of, that's one of the first people. Yeah, I do too. I, I have, I'll name it. I've got Mark McCullough who, who coaches me in health and wellness. I have you that coaches me on attitude and family. I've got Randy Wheeler and we just speak and do each other's business, you know, every other week. Uh-huh. I've got, I've got a tremendous support staff in order to keep that, that ball moving. People always ask, how do you do all that you do? And it's like, well, yeah, I'm doing it, but I'm being coached along. I don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my best ideas came from my coaches, but yeah. I, I think that that's something that's important for the audience to to hear. That if if somebody's offering to coach you, the first question you should be asking is, "Who's your coach?" Right. Right. And and if they don't have a coach, then they don't believe in the process, and it's probably not the right person to. to well, and you know what? And again, this is something that I just heard um, Sarah Blakesley, who owns and ran and owns all of Spanx. It's not an out, you know, and yeah. she said, you can't do it by yourself. Nope. If you are a solopreneur, if you only have a couple of people, you can't do it by yourself. You have to surround yourself. John Maxwell talks about the law of the inner circle. You've got to have those people around you that love you enough to speak truth into your life, to call you out when you're headed down the wrong way and to just love you sometimes when you just need somebody to pick you up and give you a hug. Cause that's life. Uh, candor over caring, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, if I'm hanging out with people and all they want to do is blow smoke up my skirt, forget it. You know, I want people who are going to be authentic and going to be truth tellers and are going to love me when I'm not so lovable. And we're only three months away from what we call inner circle time. I mean, yeah, it's, it's coming fast. It's coming fast. Not fast enough. I know it. I know it. We're going to take our final break right here. We'll be right back with the final segment of the Work-Life Balance this week with Sheree Griffin. You're listening to Rick Morris. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790 
Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back to the final segment of the Work-Life Balance. Uh, I wanted to give a shout-out to the people that uh, have been hitting me up about the Transformational Leader Podcast. I certainly appreciate that. Uh, we're so excited about that. Uh, if you're hearing about it for the first time and you, you can't get enough of this show uh, every week, then uh, check out the Transformational Leader Podcast. It's uh, hosted by Paul Gustafson, Mike Harbour, uh, and I am the chief interviewer as we start to interview and identify people who are, who are going to be uh, nominated for the John Maxwell Transformational Leadership Award. So I've put six for yeah. it, so you should be busy. And, and go ahead, but throw some names out there. Who, who are we talking um, about when we talk about transformational leaders? So I've nominated, of course, Rachel Hollis. Uh, that girl is on fire right now. Uh, her clothing line comes out today on QVC. So she's a busy, busy lady. Uh, Pat Lencioni, that guy at the table group, man, when he talks about business and culture and just the five dysfunctions of a team and how to find the ideal team player, the guy is a stud. Um, I also have nominated maybe a couple of not so well-known celebrity personal growth folks. Um, and so I'm just excited to, uh, be able to put those people forward and hopefully, you know, just shine a little more light on what they're doing in those areas. Yeah. I, uh, I nominated Marcus Limonis. So awesome. he's, he's a mentor and, and somebody I look up to and, and actually would like to build a business the way he builds it. So there you uh, go. we're excited to see that. So there how do go. people get in touch with you, Sheree? Not only just for if they want an amazing AV system, but uh, maybe coaching and AV. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they're, they're synonymous. Um, so uh, the easiest way to get a hold of me is uh, through our website, which is um, Sheree and Whoever knew a URL was going to be possible or important, right? So it's h-t-d.com, which is home theater design. Um, you can catch me on Facebook. Um, just look me up. And on Instagram, I'm the underscore Sheree underscore Griffin. And um, I'd be happy to link up and talk AV or small business, Um do a lot of really fun things. Oh, another person that I inter- uh, that I nominated was Mike Michalowicz. And so I, I really came out of the, how do I make this fic- business function in the financial sector? Uh, that was my first wonderings into coaching in business. And so uh, Mike Michalowicz and his Profit First system, I also have been doing a lot of work with the Dave Ramsey and that type of stuff. So happy to sit down and talk, talk numbers with you if your business is, if you're struggling a little bit to understand what's going on there. There you go. And so what's some of the best advice you've ever received? Okay. I know there are a lot of people that have a lot of really profound, like celebrity. Stephen Covey said this once, or John Maxwell said this once, but I got to tell you, um, my mom's mom, my grandma Harp told me a long time ago, can't lives on won't street. (laughs) And how's that? Good old, old, but, and it's interesting because just in my vernacular as I've grown, I don't use the word can't anymore. I either can or I won't. There you go. It's that simple. So um, my grandma Harp, God bless her. She was a sweet, sweet lady. I was her only granddaughter, but that was some of the best advice I ever got. And it has served me well. There you go. Any final words for the audience? The only, I think, and this is going to sound, so I just gave you like original grandma and I'm going to be really cliche, but you know, (laughs) the only thing that you're going to regret is something that you never try truthfully, you know, I mean, I look back and Brad and I have had this amazing ride for 22 years off me going, 
screw those people. They don't know what they're doing. We can do this better and starting a business. And here we are 22 years later. And, um, you know, it's, it's up to you what you choose to do with your time because the time is going to pass anyway. And so the the things that you're going to regret as you look back on your life are going to be the things that you didn't try. And that's the great equalizer, right? We all have the same 24 hours a day. It it truly is. The time is going to pass either way. That's for sure. Just what we choose to do with it. Uh, Yeah. And you know what? I intend to slide in beat up and bloody and just wring everything I can out of this life. I I, I don't want to leave anything behind. I totally agree with you. Well, first, uh, I just wanted to say thank you. It's not like we were talking the hour before this. <laughs> there may be a few irons in the fire that aren't totally public yet. May or may not. Yep. And and I've teased it on the show a couple of times, but um, you know we're we're working hard. We've got a a core four group that uh, is really thinking into each other, speaking into each other, and, and looking at what we can do uh, to make our mark and make our our uh, our difference. Have a well, and we're movement. looking pretty far down the road. Yeah, have a little movement sure. is, is I guess, what we're saying. Create our own movement. So Absolutely. I appreciate you coming on to the show. Uh, it's always Thank great. Thank you to for talk. having me. Of course, of course. And, uh, of course, uh, next week, um, next week, in fact, I think it's the next two weeks that I have a replay gang. So next week I'll be on a flight back from Washington, and then the week after that, Unless we try to pull off something live, uh, we're going to be at the Mickey Mouse Club. Now, there's potential we could pull something off live. That'll be fun. Depending on the schedules, there's there's a lot going on there. But um, we're super excited about that event. Got a lot of a lot of planning. It's been 18 months to bring to fruition, uh, and it started with with Chase uh, Hampton going, "Hey, we we ought to do this, right?" It's it's been floating around for years. Dale was trying to mess with it. A bunch of people were trying to mess with it. Chase finally uh, got me on the phone and said, we're going to do it. But see what happens when you focus on a vision. There you go. There you go. And uh, it's, it's, it's been a ride, you know, at first we were, we were doing it all by ourselves and then found out that we happened to pick the same dates as MegaCon in Orlando and they were having a Disney theme. So they pulled us into their event and um, it's just crazy how uh, there's so many different little God moments that, that can make something like that happen. But um, so excited to to be sharing that with you and uh, the the other side of our our uh, our lives there. So but, looking uh, forward to it. Absolutely. So the next two weeks, gang, is probably going to be replays. We may be able to pull off a special episode from MMC. We'll do our best. Um, but then uh, we'll be back the week after live and ready to talk to you again right here in the work life balance. We hope that you achieve yours, and uh, we love you all so much for for hanging out with us and and the Excellent. emails and. LinkedIn and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you can always find me at, at Rick A. Morris. You can find me on, on Facebook. You can hit me up at Rick at RickAmorris.com or rmorrisstarsquareconsulting.com. And until the next time we talk, we get that work-life balance. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. 
For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly